Welcome to the Water in Real Life podcast. We are the H2 Duo. This is Greg Wukash from the San Antonio Water System. Hey, need a brain explosion today? Hang on as you're about to be blown away listening to Water in Real Life with the H2 Duo. You're listening to Episode 6 with Jennifer Henderson, founder and president of JL, a marketing agency in Fort Worth, Texas. We are dedicated to sharing stories that demonstrate how communication and collaboration move things forward. If you want to overcome your challenges, then you have to build relationships. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or resource to give you the tools to curate connections with your customers that create impact. Anytime anything is created from the heart and not copied and not trying to one-up the next artist, as long as it's from the heart and speaks to you, then who cares what anyone else thinks? (laughs) Today on episode six, we chat with Jennifer Henderson, someone that we've had the pleasure of working with. Jennifer is another one of our Catalyst speakers, and at Catalyst, she's going to be teaching us about social media strategy. But today she shares with us the power of consistent public relations, ways to attribute quantifiable value to your PR efforts, and why trust and transparency go a long way in today's communication world. So without further ado, let's get to the show. We are so excited to have Jennifer here with us. Uh, She is our second in-person interview, which we are incredibly excited about. Um, Also makes us like a little nervous because she's right here. (laughs) Jennifer Oliver Henderson is a marketing communication specialist with nearly 20 years of experience. Her professional achievements include 40 Under 40, awarded by the Fort Worth Business Press in 2008, Texas Wesleyan University's Alumni Service Award in 2012, the Distinguished Alumni Award in 2014, Great Women of Texas in 2014, Top 20 Women to Watch in 2016, and Alumni Scholar of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses. She is also a recipient of more than 100 local to international design and public relations awards. For fun, she runs Gallery 440, featuring a large collection of international modern art as well as local contemporary Texas artists. So, so excited for you to be here, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) So there's so many reasons why we could have uh, Jennifer on. She has been um, an incredible mentor for us and um, not, I mean, I don't know. She's had our back from the very beginning and is always supportive when we're going through um, the entrepreneurial (laughs) roller coaster of emotions. (laughs) <laughs> as as a as an entrepreneur herself, she she totally gets it and has been um, an incredible resource for us. Um, this is not going to be the first time that you hear her because there's so many things that we want to talk to her about. Because you have like what four things you have. J.O., you have your own... Um, the gallery. The Gallery 440. You've got the Cause Agency, which is her nonprofit that we want to bring her back to talk about. And um, she owns uh, J. Henderson Properties, which is the coolest building on South Main. And I'm so excited to have our office space in it. Um, but we brought her on today because we wanted to talk about PR, since she has such extensive experience in that area. Um, and that's an area that I know that our industry can benefit from learning more about. Um, so 
before I get into that, was there anything missing from that intro or bio that you want to like add or throw in there? Or you forgot janitorial services. I did forget that. <laughs> nice. We had an exciting um, plumbing experience this morning. <laughs> We're not going to bring it up because we don't want to re-traumatize. Just know that Ariane is a pro in wastewater. <laughs> yeah, you never know when those skills are going to come in handy. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, I guess you're in charge of everything when you own a building. I mean, I've seen you doing everything from spackling holes in the wall to... Uh, I've seen her vacuuming one night and I was like, whoa, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll take that. You don't need to do that. But I always vacuum in heels, right? She yeah. does. She does. She does everything in heels. She's like the Sarah Jessica Parker of, uh, yeah. of the marketing world. I bet you can run in them too. I can't. I can't even wear them, so. <laughs> yeah, um, so just real... Um, Kind of tell us, give us like a definition of what is PR actually, because I know um, for a lot of people they get it mixed in with marketing, and there's definitely a big differentiation between the two. So, like, first, just let's start off with like what is PR, nuts and bolts. Well, public relations. Um, I always, I always consider it a an arm of marketing. So you can have good. PR or bad PR, and you always want to try to have good PR, but um, really uh, public relations is um, how the public sees you as a company, in my eyes, and uh, you want to make sure that you always have your best foot forward um, in the PR world, and it's um, really about talking about the, the things that your company does, and um, our job really is to help clients identify those stories to tell. And if you can tell the story yeah. in the right way, in the good way, and show the positive light of the of the employees and of the company itself mm-hmm. and the things that you're doing, then then you've done a good job. Yeah, and I really like that PR is really um, an earned form of coverage versus you're paying for an ad in this magazine or this air bit or whatever you call that when you buy a a TV or or radio time. And so it's really a way to, um, like, you need to work on building those relationships with people and and getting that out to get people to write, um, you know, you hope positive things about you. Um, So... Our our business, uh, is, and I mean the water business when I say that, is an area that's kind of complicated, very technical, scientific. Um, you know, every day our, our industry is dealing with things that, like, the, the normal regular person isn't, like, having to worry about, like doing um, water sampling and, uh, you know, worrying about... PSI pressures and SCADA and all of these things that don't mean anything to, you know, just the average citizen. So um, that when things do come out, there's an opportunity for for the fear factor to really play a role because when people don't understand anything and they're trying to fill in their own gaps, like sometimes those gaps get filled with, with misinformation. So um, how can you kind of use that angle to speak towards the value of sort of ongoing public relation efforts versus just flat out, oh, like it hit the fan and now we're in full-blown crisis control. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so um, PR is about educating, educating, really. And um, the more often you can educate the public about what you're doing or what your product is, then um, people take that for granted, obviously, but they hear from you and they know that you're Mm -hmm. out there and they know that you're speaking and uh, talking about your business and and doing, um, not only doing your job well, but telling why you're doing it well or mm-hmm. what's happening. And mm-hmm. the absence of that is no information. And sometimes the absence can be misinformation as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the more that you can put out there and educate, then your public is going to expect that. And when you stop educating or when you all of a sudden stop doing that communicating, mm-hmm then it's um, people wonder or they forget about you. Um, yeah. And so if you can do it in such a way that they look forward to what you're saying, then hopefully that will um, create a better image in their eyes. And by the time um, the crisis happens, then they're more apt to... Um, be on your side. Yeah. yeah. So not having any information out there at all could hurt you in the long run, especially when the crisis happens sure. because they don't know you. They don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And so if you could tell your story in a positive light all along the way, and by the time that crisis happens, then they're going to be on your side, hopefully, if you've done it well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Stephanie likes to say that a lot of utilities, they um, are kind of, I guess, like the fr- the first date. It's like a terrible first terrible date. first date. <laughs> where all they do is talk about themselves and, you know, they talk about, neg- they talk only negatively and then, or only when it's about something negative and, um, and we got to switch that. And then they wonder why we don't get called back for a second yeah. date, you know? Yeah. It's like, so well, true. you know, it's like yeah. boil notice or construction or, um, notice of violation, you know, and, and these could, water off. Yeah. <laughs> these could be things that are seemingly not even serious, but because those are the only times they hear yeah. from us that, it's that yeah. I mean, it's no wonder that, I mean, it's no wonder that people's view is skewed or also when, something comes to city council that has to do with, you know, more money for infrastructure or something like that, that the public is not supportive of it. Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're basically like the super negative person (laughs) who doesn't seem to have a good track record when all that you're hearing is negative and now you're coming back asking for more funding, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it's just, um, that whole idea of ongoing communication is so important and it's, something that she and I have both um, been on that bandwagon and preached for a while so it's always good to get validation from hearing that from someone like you who's been um, on the the outside of the industry in the trenches for like 20 years so um, it's good to be able to to hear that and to get that Um, but I know even in the private world uh, oftentimes you still struggle with kind of with getting people to understand the value of that. So what we do, marketing communication, that can be considered like a soft skill. And when we're working with, um, you know, engineers or, or, you know, operations people who are dealing with tangible things like pipes and plants and they're creating these things and we're like, no, but we need more of this. And 
Um, how do you, like, what are some of your ways that you convey the value of, um, you know, PR or marketing in general to companies and able to help them tell their story? Um, <clears throat> well, we always put a value to any kind of um, earned media. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I mean, that's um, in our world for the longest time, at least for the first 20 years of, of my career, um, anything that is published by a reporter is eight times more valuable than any advertising wow. that you pay for. Wow. So that's um, a good number, everyone. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> and it may even be more now. Um, there's so many different formulas for figuring it out. Now they measure it by number of impressions and mm-hmm. the audience size. Um, so, first of all, any, any anything that someone believes, they usually believe what they read. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, especially if it's not an ad. Um, so if a reporter can tell your story in a positive light, then you're golden. Yeah. Um, and if you're putting that content out there, um, make it relevant to your audience. Don't talk about yourself, but make it mm-hmm. tell that same exact story that you would about yourself, but what's important to them. Mm-hmm. And sure. so, um, anyway, that, I mean, that's, that's the value intrinsically, mm-hmm. first yeah. of all, is, um, the price of an ad and the believability of it so um do you have any um I mean because that whole idea of valuation (laughs) of your of you know what we do was that's probably one of the biggest um crash course in that that we that we took when leaving everything from just tracking every single minute of the Mm -hmm. day but um so like what do you guys do to evaluate that um, to put like a monetary dollar to it, like a figure to it when making that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, that when you're trying to like prove your case on the value of it, sure. like how do you get that monetary or amount? Well, we have tools. <laughs> There's apps and, and um, different things that we use. Um, Otherwise, there's formulas that you mm-hmm. do, and it's very time-consuming. Mm. Um, formulas, math, it's, math, yeah, <laughs> math. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What kind of? Uh, what kind of? All by hand. <laughs> Eshton Stone with a chisel. Oh gosh, I'll get an app. <laughs> so, what kind of? What are some of those apps? Because, like, you know, for us, we would have no idea. Like, I know you're probably like, oh yeah, they're this, but like, I mean, we have no idea what some of those are. Oh, yeah. Um, well, the one we use is Coverage Book. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, all the PR professional sites have all different kinds of tools that they like. And some of cool. them are very expensive. But So is that the one that actually creates the... The report? Yeah, the report. Mm-hmm. At yeah. The yeah. Okay, yeah. so um, I know she said that there is a lot out there, but I would say for anyone um, really with an active water communication program, I would highly recommend looking into something like that because it really does put a visual report to evaluate all of the hard work that you put into all Mm -hmm. of the relationship building and communication that you did. So um, as someone who 
was in that world for, for 10 years and really has, you know, outside of awards that we earned, um, it would be great to have been able to have had the power of those figures yeah. and numbers. Um, so I would definitely check that out or check out something similar to it so you can begin to evaluate what you're doing at work. Mm-hmm. For that sure. ROI. That mm-hmm. ROI. Um, <laughs> so kind of like... Uh, I feel like I fast-forwarded into the whole PR conversation, but um, I kind of want to rewind a little (laughs) bit and ask you, uh, because I know that you have an art background. I mean, that's that's your thing. Um, (laughs) What aspect of art is kind of, it appeals to you most? Well, the fine arts, I got a fine art degree, and so um, <laughs> I, all through school I thought I was going to be a sculptor or a painter or wow. any of those. I mean, I loved every kind of medium. I grew mm-hmm. up cutting paper and using crayons and colored pencils, and, and yeah. I did everything, mm-hmm. and I loved it, um, but the more I got into it, the more I realized I was into composition and, and arranging things on a page and understanding trying to understand why your eye goes a certain direction Mm -hmm. depending on how you arrange them and and the feeling behind um composition and and the emotions that it makes and so I think that's why I ended up in graphic design and ultimately in marketing was because everything that you do and create creates an emotion and um I think it's the creativity behind all that that intrigues me. When mm-hmm. I was a kid, I was always writing and scripting commercials. Mm-hmm. And my friends and I, I'd drag my cousins in That's the funny. recording ta- on a tape. Yeah, we did commercials. That. <laughs> like Christmas plays and stuff. <laughs> my brother and my uh, stepsister probably would murder me if I showed them half the videos that we made. <laughs> so Let's I, have a film I, night. I was the, the boss, you know. I was the... You know, one I was the, the director. director, of course. Yeah, <laughs> That's uh, put them on the camera. <laughs> yeah. So, but now, um, I I love the artists and I love the art buyers and that community is so interesting to me. Sure. Artists are unique yeah. individuals, and mm-hmm. so, but they're also introverts, and so yeah, right. me being in the marketing and PR world that I am is so fun to me. Because I was just like them when I was younger, mm-hmm. and this business forced me to come out of my shell. But when I see them, <laughs> you know, scared to death, you to commiserate with them. <laughs> exactly, you get yeah. it. Yeah, but it's fun to help Is them. Is that why you latch on to me so well? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Such, <laughs> such the introvert you oh, are. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Out of that shell. Um. Wow, I just lost my train of thought. No, you let me finish that thought. Real okay, quick. but no, it was it's it's really fun to to work with the artists and help them realize their potential in publicity, and yeah. you know they've got to learn to sell themselves. Yeah, that's and yeah. For being an introvert, they have to sell themselves. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. So that's a great segue to this question that just popped in my head because I mean, artists. Artists are of that certain way, but I mean, there's that. We also have a lot of that in kind of the water industry too. Like a lot sure. of people who aren't have never been trained to 
promote themselves or be out there in the public eye or to answer questions for a reporter, you know, and so... Yeah, a lot of them either came up from the, the, the trenches, trenches, literally, <laughs> the ditches or the, the you know, holes, um, digging holes in other directors, or they were engineers, and so they have the engineering personality. Sure, yeah. Um, which is a good personality, <laughs> but they have it, and they may not want to be on camera or be out there. So um, we're, we're kind of having to teach them how to get out of their shell, too. Like, are, do you, you have, like, a secret, like, a yeah. secret... Uh, a secret potion or something? Yeah, well, yeah, or An just some, like, <laughs> some, tips or tra- or some tips or tricks that you give to... Um, you know, someone who may be more introverted to feel more comfortable either talking about themselves or getting out there and trying to get themselves some positive publicity. Like, is there any Jennifer's go-to? Mm. <laughs> or something that's worked in the past that um, helped kind of bring someone from, oh, I don't want to talk to anybody, to, okay, yeah, I'll go do that. I'll go talk to them. No, I think... Um what I do, if I know that I need them to be on camera, or mm-hmm. if um, or if I know that they need to be interviewed by a reporter eventually, I just start asking asking them the questions that I feel oh, that yeah. the public will want to know, uh-huh. and and I won't let them know that I'm making them practice for this. Gotcha. But by the time they tell me that story. I say to them, you did a great job. That's exactly what you should tell a reporter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just exactly like how you tell me. You know this industry. Right. You know it so well. You could, you know, talk about it in your sleep, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, so a little sleight of hand. I think just getting them comfortable about telling mm-hmm. what they know best. Yeah. And yeah. another thing, too, is laughter. Uh, if you can get someone to loosen up with some crazy jokes before it. Yeah, you know, before Most any best kind of not, not joke or, something. <laughs> or just like terrible plumbing stories. I yeah. mean, like get some laughs going. <laughs> no kidding, and, and make them feel like it's so interesting that mm-hmm. everybody will want to know about what they do. Sure, that's. Amazing. I mean, it's such an interesting world. We don't ever get to see. And yeah. So, mm-hmm. and that's funny that, you know, I would think that. Yeah, that's funny. That's so funny to hear that, like, they also kind of struggle with that same idea of, well, what I do is not that interesting, or, oh, everybody kind of knows this. I mean, I feel like we all kind of fall into that that trap of thinking that everybody knows what Mm -hmm. you know and that it would not be interesting to them. So, for sure. It's so natural to be an amazing artist or something that it feels like everyone, you know, that's not unique. But, Exactly. It is unique. It is. And that's not our world at all. I mean, I, too, played with um, cutting paper and <laughs> scrapbooking and scissors. She's and, my doodler. She's my chief doodle officer. glitter. And I am the chief doodle officer. <laughs> but I got to a point in my, my career as an artist that I peaked. And I was probably about seven or eight. So I doodle about the same as a seven or eight-year-old. Give yourself a little more credit. Okay, I mean, I think you're a solid twelve. Okay, Molly. Yeah, level. You're famous at a very young age, but no one knew it. No, no, no. I mean, I can recall being in the Girl Scouts and and putting my bowl in the kiln, and you know, and having a glazed bowl that my mom probably still has. Um, But that's it. 
That's it, you know. So what happened? <laughs> I interviewed. I took my talents elsewhere. <laughs> Getting deep with Ariane on her lost art world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, also I loved how you talked about how um, art can um, evoke emotion and can make people connect to things. And that's why personally, like, my charges to uh, one of my charges in terms of what I would love to see Rogue Water do in the future is to find ways to tie what we're passionate about with the art world because I feel like that's just a way that's more natural for people to connect to it, um, and which is why I uh, am secretly stalking a certain local musician who I went to dub the official. A quill. <laughs> the official musician of the water industry. He doesn't know it yet, but he will. Um, <laughs> because I think it would be great to kind of just find a really weird way to mix those worlds. But from an artist perspective, like, can you talk about that a little more and how, um, like, are there certain things that can help evoke more and more, more emotion or... I mean, kind of just like, how do you step outside of just a regular plain old piece and make it something that could potentially make someone stop and say, huh, like, yeah, I think about that. Does it go back to kind of making it about them and what speaks to them? Oh, always. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and um, anytime anything is created from the heart... Uh, authenticity and not copied and mm-hmm. not um, trying to one up the next mm-hmm. artist or mm-hmm. the, yeah. you know, the next creator yeah um, as long as it's from the heart and speaks to you then who cares what anyone else thinks right yeah <laughs> I always think but you know um, beyond that getting asking people's opinions and you know, getting other people to talk about it and critique it and, um, you know, don't be afraid about hearing about the negatives of it, but, you know, improving the next time you do something. Um, How do you handle that? Um, I mean, I've, there's a lot of negative talk in the industry, uh, in our water industry, and it's easy to go down that path of, you know, that, that negative world like what suggestions or what recommendations do you have or how, how do you handle it when something doesn't go in your direction as a PR marketing person and the public saw it as bad or not as what you thought or, you know different mm-hmm. like or how being, do you handle or being too afraid to even put yourself, put out, yourself there out there because you've already gone through all yeah. of the negative responses you're going to get and scared yourself to even yeah starting but I mean I know what we say but (laughs) like how do you tackle that well you know it's always good to start with an apology if an apology is needed or Mm -hmm. again speaking from the heart and saying you know this may not have gone as well as we had planned or it may not have happened um in any way that it should have and being transparent about that. Yeah. I think 
that is so refreshing and you hardly see that anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you do see it, it's like, wow, I w- want to connect myself to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No yeah. matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so many people spend so much time trying to like not show any fallibility that when someone actually is, mm-hmm. uh, yes, I screwed up. So mm-hmm. I think like that admit that admission of yes, I did. You may get some negative. You know, you're always gonna get. There's you're you can't make everyone happy ever. I mean, everyone. Yeah. So like that admission may get you some negativity, but in the long run, people will still kind of respect you for at least having the courage to own up to it. And so it may not be as lasting. But. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're gonna remember that too. Um, when they, I think as long as you make sure that your audience is being heard. Mm -hmm. Um, and identifying yes, saying things like yes I hear you I hear you 100% Um, and you know telling your side regardless I think is the first step Mm -hmm. Um, but then like you said in the beginning filling the gaps (laughs) with the positive things and the education and you know that's always going to help you in the long run that ongoing story not just uh, (laughs) the story of the moment but So, we're super excited that you were here, and like I said, we can't wait to get you on again and ask you more about, um, well, I'll give, I I want you to say a little bit about it. Tell us, like, just a little bit about the cause agency, because I will say that leaving the public world, uh, the public sector, I mean, was incredibly difficult for Arianne Mm -hmm. and I, um, just because, you know, we'd loved what we did. We'd been in it the whole time. And it felt good, you know, working for someone like, like the public, you know, working for this. this. It felt know. like a service, yeah. you know. Like what our, what yeah, our job was. To, yeah, the servant's heart. Our job was to serve. And so that was really hard for us to move outside of that. And, um, you know, you were definitely a and big. When you're in the city, you see the private world is this yeah. corporate monster that <laughs> really? fills you up. And it's, yeah, like, uh, them over there in the private world with all wow. their big dollars. And yeah, then, all those millionaires yeah, out there. Yeah, turns out once we cross that little threshold, it, it's it's not what that seems like. Yeah. Um, well, like I said in the beginning. Glad we changed you. <laughs> not yet, anyways. Not yet. Well, like, and you know, like I said in the beginning, you've been an incredible mentor mm-hmm. and um, resource for us, especially as from woman to woman, you know, having sure. our back in that sense, too. But, um, you know, one of the reasons that it was so easy to want to partner with you and work with you was because you also had, outside of JO, you had the Cause Agency. And which is your own nonprofit, um, and so we knew right away that you were, we wanted to get on on your bandwagon because you you clearly have that servant's heart as well. So I definitely want to give you an opportunity to give the cause agency a little shout out and about how and when and why you started that. Sure, uh, the idea happened probably eight years ago, eight or nine years ago, um, and. Um, it finally came to reality in 2013. We launched the Cause Agency. Um, a year and a half later, it became a 501c3. The IRS is a little hard to deal mm. with. Um, <laughs> sure. And um, to their credit, our representative 
went on pregnancy leave, and so oh no, <laughs> went and wait nine months to get it even more. Um, <laughs> but when we got it, it felt so good. But um, our board actually has been meeting every single month since 2013, and wow. so they're so dedicated. They wanted to see it through, but. Um, no, the Cause Agency is a nonprofit marketing and PR agency that provides services to other nonprofits that mm-hmm. need it. Um, every nonprofit always has an amazing story to tell. It's about the people that run it, the things they do, and the community they serve. Mm-hmm. And marketing is always the smallest um, budget line. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so. And sometimes they have no money for marketing. And, and um, what I do is pull teams together that are experts in that field. Um, maybe I've got a few photographers that are cause agents. That's what we call them. Um, we have publicists. We have designers and marketing strategists. And they all have full-time jobs. Um, or some of them are freelancers in mm-hmm. their specialty. And so... When a nonprofit comes to us and need, needs help, we assess if we can help them or not. And then the, we pull these teams together to do the projects. And um, we're still trying to figure it out, but I think awesome. we're getting there. And yeah. maybe soon we'll have employees. Yeah, um, that's awesome. But right now we're needing clients, and it's very affordable for the nonprofit. We find ways to make it work and mm-hmm. we even donate some time to a really deserving nonprofit. So mm-hmm. um, we'll get there soon. We'll be a, the biggest nonprofit marketing go. firm in the world. But I love it. Dream big. <laughs> so if you want to be a cause agent, go to causeagency.org. There you go. Get that shout out. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions real quick. Um, it's our lightning round. It's our lightning round. It's um, fire hose round. I mean, we need to come up with yeah, a better name yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is your most recommended favorite uh, book, vlog, blog, podcast, whatever, whatever you like to read or listen to? Um, what's your most favorite resource you can give us to recommend? Recommend. Oh. Um, I love anything Seth Godin. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's yes. pretty good. He's so inspirational. Yes. <laughs> and, and creative. Yes. I read... Um, I feel like he knows exactly what's in our brains like, on a daily basis. It's so... It's kind of scary. Yeah. Weird. I'm like, oh, <laughs> he was in my brain again. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about uh, your like morning routine or... Something that you do every day um, that drives your pro- productivity. Um, I'm a morning person, so I wake up really early at four thirty every like morning. All the successful people are morning people. <laughs> I need to get on that train. Well, you have been. You're just up like all yeah. morning, like three a.m. all night, all morning. You have good reason. Yeah. Um, no, I um, exercise in the morning, and if I oh. don't get my exercise in I'm pretty grumpy Um, (laughs) and I always I love breakfast so I always make sure I eat and drink lots of coffee yeah (laughs) what do you do for a workout because I'm trying to get back into the swing of that so what is a a runner you're a president of a marketing (laughs) agency's workout routine like Um, do you run or a crossfit oh you did it girl do you go somewhere or you have your own no I just do it at home you have, like, giant tires that you 
swinging your yard. And... I live in the country. If you can only imagine. I, I have hills. Y'all can't see Jennifer. You will on our website. But Jennifer is this, like, beautiful, petite, like, little blonde, just, I'm like, too. pixie. And I can totally picture her flipping these giant tires in her. her... <laughs> She's kind of a badass. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done that, but it sounds fun. <laughs> it's like a little tricycle tire. <laughs> Um, okay, what's your favorite quote that gets you fired up or fires up a crowd? Say it. Say it now. <laughs> We're laughing because I've been trying to get a quote out of Jennifer for like a few days, and she's like, I don't know. I don't have one. But then she said that she did, and we're like, nope, you got to say it. Got to do it. Oh, you know, um, a long time ago, one of, well, my, Marianne, she was my first client, and I was her first client, and um, I always looked up to her. She's always been a very strong businesswoman, and she she said it to me a few times, and ever since then, it's just stuck, but I always, being a woman in this world is always mm-hmm. hard. Sure. Um, it, we're, the marketing and PR world is a mad, mad world. Mad men mostly <laughs> run this industry, but I always have to say, just... Get your big girl panties on. Yep. I love it. <laughs> yep. I'm going to slow clap that. Yes. Because we definitely had to do that a few times. But yep. So we're going to wrap up with this last question that we ask everybody. Um, so in our experience, we've found that something, we've seen how something as simple as like water can be a catalyst for change or can bring people together. Um, and it's, just a part of real life, which is why, you know, Water in Real Life, that's the name of our podcast. Um, But a lot of times people are hesitant to change because they're like, well, I'm just one person. What difference can that really make by me changing? But in our experience, we we 100% disagree with that because we believe that change is contagious and that oftentimes people are going to imitate what they see closest to them. So What's a call to action that you're most passionate about? Or what's that one simple, small change that one person can make that could ultimately change the world? Mm. I think as long as they can inspire someone. Because Mm. if you've inspired one person, then you've made a difference, Mm -hmm. I think. And hopefully that um, will exponentially grow. Um, And if your message is communicated well and communicated often, then maybe the change can be beyond your small border. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as long as you inspire others to do what you're doing, then you've got nice. it made. Yeah, nice. live each day to inspire. You don't know who's... Dance like no one's watching, you know? You don't know mm-hmm. who's watching and who's, who you might inspire to... You bet. Be the next change agent. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Jennifer. My pleasure, ladies. We um, definitely want everyone to follow Jennifer and her JO journey and cause agency journey. Um, So the best platforms to connect with you are... On Twitter at uh, JO Design. And then an email, possibly. They have a fantastic newsletter that Mm -hmm. um, obviously tells people like what they're up to, but it has some great um, tips and uh, just trends and those kinds of things. To they're definitely thought leaders in the marketing world. So 
can they they can just email you at jennifer at jodesign.com um, and sign say, up. Jennifer, sign me up. So if you definitely <laughs> want to be get on that mailing list, it's great. For sure. Is there anything for the cause agency? Yeah, our website, again, is j- uh, thecauseagency.org. And uh, we're also on Instagram. It's a beautiful Instagram it site, is. so it check it out. There's always little inspiring things on yes, there. Yes, I love um, Thank you. Do yeah. you um, and if someone wants to be a cause agent and work with the cause agency, um, what was that website again? Or um, There's a form on the website, so look for that. And um, I believe the email is info at thecauseagency.org. Perfect. Perfect. So if you want more of Jennifer, you can see more of Jennifer because she is one of our speakers at Catalyst, which is our Mastermind Summit in San Antonio, June 21st and 22nd. Uh, We at Rogue Water partnered with Saws, T-A-W-W-A, and Wheat to put together this incredible collection of professionals who are going to lend their time, talent, and passion to the water educators and communicators that we believe are going to be... some powerful change agents to bring the water industry to <laughs> the next level. So if you want to take part, if you want to sign up, register, get more get more information, please go to roguewatergroup.com backslash catalyst and you can do all of that there. Um, catalyst is what's sort of inspired this kickoff of podcast interviews. So our Water in Real Life podcast series is kicking off with all of our Catalyst thought leaders. Um, Jennifer is actually presenting during the section of Catalyst that's dealing with content creation. And she's going to be joined by her vice president of creative and strategy, who you heard from in a previous uh, podcast, Duke Greenhill. Um, Sorry, I just got it. And Megan Schneider is also going to be joining her as well as Ryan Beltran during that content creation section. So you can check out Duke's interview. He was episode four. Ryan Beltran is episode five. And Megan is coming up next as episode seven. So thanks for being here. Thank you. And thanks for checking out episode six. You can find the show notes at theh2doer.com backslash water in real life, where we have all the resources mentioned in this episode and more. We are super passionate about being a resource for the industry, and we can only do that with your help. So show us some love by simply subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us so that we can get the only duo run show about water some shelf space on that iTunes homepage. You can also find out, find us and connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore H2Duo. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, just to give a shout out to our podcast producer, Ryan Beltran, who's the founder of Alequa and the Make Water Project. You can check him out at makewater.org. The Catalyst Mastermind Summit in San Antonio is sold out, but before you let the FOMO run rampant, remember that every speaker will be highlighted on the Water in Real Life podcast this month. We hope you enjoyed something new, got a little inspired, and most importantly, took action on something today that will move you one step closer to your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, those who tell the stories rule the world. Mm